Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Welcome to the podcast. Land-Grant Institution, inside the Metro News Radio Network Studios, in the Dale B. Miller Building in Morgantown. It's time for the state's most listened to sports talk show. This is the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. CityNet, go with the experts that know. And now, across the state of West Virginia and beyond, Sports Line is on the air. Hello, 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 and welcome in, everybody. It is the CityNet Statewide Sports Line Thursday night. Thank you for being with us here, second day of December, which means that we only have 19 more days counting down to the longest day of the year, and then the shortest day of the year, I should say, and then we'll start counting back up to the longest day of the year. So that's always good. But for the next 19 days, it's going to get so dark so early, it's, it's pretty much frightening. As soon as lunch is over, it's pretty much pitch black. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Coach Hunter is here. The uh, senator is here. Every day in this past week or so, college football coaching moves have been made and all this crazy of the crazies has been going. I got another one out of nowhere today. University of Virginia head coach Bronco Mendenhall is going to step down after six seasons, which went by incredibly quick. It does not seem like he's been there six years. But he is going to take a break, says he's not going to go get another job right now, wants to spend some time with his family. It's a recharge for him, and he will go back out and coach at some point. But right now, 36 wins, 38 losses, six seasons at UVA, and he's going to take a break. Says he needs to refuel, but the move is not permanent. Yeah. That refuel thing's pretty good, I think. I mean, if you can get away with a refuel, why not just take a year off? Right? Oh, tremendous. And not a lot of people can do that. No, they can't. That's not available to the most, most of the general public. Now, some of them professors, they do that sabbatical. Is that the same thing? Same thing. They just kind of chill out. That's a chill year. Kind of like a, you know, it's like a, an adult red shirt <laughs> is really what you th- when you think about it. And that's what the, the coach is going to take and teachers, these pr- professors at times, they'll take an adult red shirt season right in the middle of it all. Yeah. Like he's Tom he's really kind of entering the, the transfer portal at the same time, though, because mm-hmm. I don't think he can step back in to Virginia's job, probably. Right, yeah, he's probably not going to go back there. He's got to like, go to the portal next. Mm-hmm. But Tom Osborne, the legendary coach at Nebraska, he used to play his guys two years 
then redshirt him after they played two. So basically, they had they had a family of three kids by the time they were seniors, and that they were always just like really old and really good. That's how he did it. So anyway, anyway, we're up here at Sportsline for in season and uh, lifelong redshirt seasons on our program this evening. We'll talk more about the Super Six coming up. We will be joined by Britt Sherman, the head coach at Martinsburg, and they will try to win a AAA title coming up on Saturday. They have a quarterback situation going back and forth, right? They've been a two-headed quarterback. One's right now nursing injury, so we'll find out. A reminder that we'll have all of the games for you available on our platforms on the Metro News Radio Network and on WVMetroNews.com. You can also watch the game. It's also available on AT&T Sports Pittsburgh and on the Metro News Channel. So all of that coming your way this weekend. Obviously, Mountaineer soccer team getting ready for Georgetown on Saturday. I asked someone in the know today, because I know that West Virginia is the underdog in this game. This is a person that lives in this world. I said, what's their percentage chance of winning? He said, 30%. Chance of winning. He says, Georgetown is super good. However, he said, there's always a however. He said, West Virginia is, you know, the way they play up and do this and that. He said, it could cause some problems. Style of play is a factor then. Yes. Soccer is the most unforgiving game. Georgetown can go out there and outshoot the Mountaineers 10 to 2. But if none of the 10 go and one of the two do go, you win. It's the most unforgiving of games, which makes it even people that don't like it don't appreciate that aspect of it because it's absolutely gut-wrenching to watch those kinds of games because at any second, that's what makes the game, I think, really, really fun. And it, it eats you up when it happens. But it, sometimes it happens. So West Virginia's the underdog. Go after and get it, right? All right. Mountaineer basketball team getting ready for Radford tomorrow night on the show. We'll be joined by Darius Nichols. Unable to do it today. He's got practice going on right now, but he's going to join us while he's on the bus tomorrow night coming up the road. Coming up the road. I did have the chance to have a conversation with him. I said, "How uh, how's this head coaching thing going now that you're you're not the lead assistant guy? And he goes, man, he says the thing that's pretty wild is you just have to deal with so many more people, mm. right? Mm-hmm. As an assistant coach, you're in your own little world. You're dealing with your players. You're dealing with your recruits. You don't have to deal about and all. And your head coach. And your head coach. And you, you don't have do to deal stuff. with us. He goes, now, he goes, it's just like anything and everything. Well, yeah, that's that's what the thing is. And so you go from, you know, every coach will tell you this, no matter the sport, when you become the head coach, you do less of the X's and the O's and the strategizing, and you do more of the CEO world. You're managing people as much as you're managing your players. So it's a different role, but he says he says he's loving it. And therein lies the biggest hurdle for so many of these guys, especially first-time head coaches, trying to manage your time and how you do that. You will have to ask him what the view's like from the, the first seat on the bus. Must be the first time he's sitting on the first seat on the bus as the well, head coach. Well, sometimes the lead assistant gets the seat behind the driver. Like the head coach always gets the seat across from the driver front. Sometimes yeah, so it's you're back li- by just a hair, but it's you're the front of that row though. Yes, he has not sat. He's there. never had full window access before. Correct. That's always the front. I'll be here with you, but will you ask that for me? Just how the how the view is coming up from that. Well, seat? he's going to be on the bus, so I will ask him that. 
I know. Exactly. That's what I'm Though his yeah. lead assistant is also a guy he knows well. It's his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, a uh, former Mountaineer student manager known as Little Sweat is also on staff there at Radford as well. He's known as Little Sweat because he used to hang around with Big Sweat, and Big Sweat was Kevin Noreen. So they call him Little Sweat. He's a great guy, too. Talk with him at TBT uh, down in Charleston. Football Mountaineer recruiting news. The staff has been out since Sunday, and Coach Hunter, they have gotten a verbal here from a former Syracuse Orange who went junior college and now is going to come to WVU. Yeah, actually, initially, had committed to West Virginia. He's a native of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Lee Kapoa. And it doesn't look anything like about four letters in there and Kaboa is how I, if you believe the TV copy people on his highlight package, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. So anyways, uh, was headed to West Virginia at one point, changed, ended up at Syracuse, uh, played as a true freshman in 19, mainly on 2020. So last year became a major factor, had a, had a nice season, 45 some tackles, uh, more backup, but heavily used backup this offseason, ran into some problems and got suspended and ended up leaving. Went to one of the best junior colleges in America in terms of football programs at East Mississippi. Had a really nice year there. Uh, helped them to a 9-0 and regular season and ultimately in 9-1 and season as they lost in the semifinals of the National Junior College Playoffs. First team all-conference. Uh, and 85-odd tackles, got a, a lot of nice offers on the bounce-back opportunity. And it, even though it's an entirely different staff that had been dealing with him this time around, um, he ends up looking at West Virginia and um, now committed to West Virginia. Neil Brown has talked about, you know, with, with the graduation, what we know West Virginia is going to lose at linebacker, what we think could happen at linebacker. They badly need some guys who are capable of helping them immediately. Right. In Kaboa, they they hope. 6'1", 225, more of a will linebacker, guy who runs really well. So they hope he's a guy that can step in immediately and give them some help. You would expect that he will be able to come here and, and enroll in January and be part of spring practice. West Virginia's got connections, obviously, with East Mississippi Junior College. That's the last chance you. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where the uh, the television program uh, was based there. And Jordan Leslie is obviously from there, got mm-hmm. ties there. And so I would imagine there's a pretty good uh, line of communication among the staff there. And they feel good about it, so here he comes. Yeah, like you said, uh, obviously you, you, know, you can't sugarcoat the fact that he got in trouble at Syracuse, but uh, hopefully that's behind him because it does seem like he's a kid that can play and can help you a great deal uh, in that opportunity. He'll have two years left, even though he's played three years of college football because 20 didn't count in eligibility terms with COVID. Uh, he'll have two years of uh, eligibility remaining in front of him with 22 and 23. All right, very good. When we come back, the Big 12 Conference announced its all-conference award winners, its individual awards. We'll get into all of that and more, so do stay with us. Britt Sherman, later on in the program, head coach at Martinsburg. More coming your way. CityNet, statewide sports line. At WVU Health Affairs, they're committed to improving health in West Virginia, but they can't do it without your help. 
The Mountain State Assessment of Trends in Community Health, or MATCH, is a survey that one in 14 West Virginians will be selected to participate in. Information collected in the survey helps policymakers and state officials direct health resources to West Virginians who need help the most. You can complete the survey online, by mail, or by phone, and you will be compensated for your time. Visit wvmatchsurvey.org for more information. Hey, people, have you entered to win the Caesars Sportsbook's ultimate Super Bowl getaway yet? It includes two tickets to the Super Bowl, a two-night stay at a Caesars Rewards Las Vegas resort, a private jet to and from the game in Los Angeles, and travel to and from Vegas. Must be 21. Offer valid at West Virginia only and for new and existing users. No cash alternatives to listed prizes. The NFL entities have not offered or sponsored this promotion in any way. Terms and conditions apply. See Caesars.com slash promos. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Caesars Sportsbook. Your app is ready, Emperor. Fruth Pharmacy is offering curbside pickup. Simply call your local Fruth and ask to place a curbside order. A friendly Fruth associate will call you once your order is complete and let you know when you can come pick it up. Once you arrive, please call your store and their staff will bring your purchase to your car. Fruth Pharmacy wants you to stay happy and healthy. Please feel free to utilize their drive through local delivery, and curbside pickup services at this time. Fruth, your hometown family pharmacy. The CityNet Statewide Sports Line returns in two minutes on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Metro News is your source for high school sports coverage and the exclusive home of the high school sports line. Fred Persinger, Dave Jekyll, and Joe Bracato bring you the latest scores and news along with player and coach interviews and in-depth stories. Get your high school sports fix every Wednesday night starting at 7.06 p.m. Favorite team all season long. The high school sports line here on the Metro News Radio Network and online at wvmetronews.com. Your source for what's happening in West Virginia is WVMetroNews.com. Get the latest statewide news, sports reports from WVU, Marshall, and your local high school teams. Explore the great outdoors with Chris Lawrence. Read Hoppy Kirchival's daily commentary and catch up on your favorite Metro News programs and podcasts. Stay informed anytime, anywhere with WVMetroNews.com. Metro News, for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia. (laughs) Football season is here. Hi, everyone. I'm Brad Howe, inviting you to join us each week for our podcast, The Game Within the Game, presented by DraftKings. Each week, I'll be joined by longtime Las Vegas odds maker Dave Sharapan and Julian Edlow from DraftKings as we dive deep into the NFL and college football. We'll hit it all, player props, game totals, and sides, as we provide you with actionable information you can use to gain an edge. It's The Game within the game presented by DraftKings. Hi, this is Hoppy Kirchival. West Virginia, in many ways, is a diverse state, often with different issues, challenges, and successes, depending on where you live. But we're also a small state, and we're all connected by being West Virginians. Every day from 10 to 6 till noon, I talk about and provide insight into the events that shape who we are. My approach is tough but fair, and we may disagree, but together we'll stay abreast of what's going on in our great state. Successes, the hardships, the challenges, and, of course, the politics that contribute to making us who we are. To join me weekdays, 10 to 6 till noon, for Metro News Talk Live.
say, are you currently eligible for the COVID-19 booster shot? If you did receive the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine and your last dose was at least six months ago or the Johnson & Johnson vaccine at least two months ago, you may be eligible for a booster shot. You can learn more by going to vaccinate.wv.gov. That's vaccinate.wv.gov. Big 12 Conference today announcing its postseason honors, players of the year, newcomer of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, and their all-conference teams. Not a whole lot of WV on there. Not on the first two teams. There's some honorable mentions, which you get to multiples. But, heck, you, you could just go to one high school and accumulate all of what West Virginia had. Yeah, I know. Fairmont Senior. So the Polar Bears showing strong here. No West Virginia player on the first team on offense. None. Defense, one. Dante Stills is one of the defensive linemen. On the other side of things, second team on offense, Zach Frazier, which is truly an accomplishment for a young guy that did not play center really until this season. And he's named a second team all-conference as technically he's a sophomore, but however that all shakes out as time goes on. And then on the defensive side, no West Virginia player on the second team. Your honorable mentions, Alonzo Adai, Letty Brown, Josh Chandler, Samito, Bryce Ford Wheaton, James Gamitter, Casey Legg, Sean Mahone, Akeem Mesador, Wyatt Milam, Dante Stills, Tyler Sumter, Winston Wright. You know what's interesting? Wyatt Milam. Mm-hmm. That's pretty strong. Oh. <laughs> so here's a here's a true freshman offensive lineman being named honorable mention all conference. That's a heck of a start. Which to me, these are the uh, these are really the ones. If in fact the coaches are actually doing the voting, and you don't know, That's I'm so sure some mm-hmm. there's some coaches are so busy that the SID sports information director will come in and say, hey, we got to do this. Or I bet you there are some that will just say, boom, 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 and they'll have them in their head because they've watched so much tape. And there are others that are going to give it a shoulder shrug and go, you just do do whatever you want to do, whatever you think. Who is it? Yeah, this one. Hey, coach, this one or this one, this one or this one. This one. But anyway, these have more credence to them. And so there's so why Milam's showing up on tape in these coaches' eyes. And they look and they say, that kid's, that kid's good. Which is good. And Zach Frazier, same kind of a deal. And Don, obviously, is a known commodity. Well, I think it tells you something. If you, if you go down this list and look at it in order in the column of ages, you, you just don't you don't see freshmen, but you don't see many sophomores either. This is heavy juniors and seniors, which right. makes sense. We talk about how important experience is all the time to football. So the fact that there's a freshman that's even starting on the offensive line and then a guy that took over as he did on that back half of the season – yeah, it makes a lot of sense that he would find his way into one of these honors. There's there's not many of those guys in the league doing what Milam did this year. Yeah, Offensive player of the year, Brees Hall from Iowa State. We chatted about this on our three guys earlier today. And this is not to take anything away from him, but let's face it. Cyclones did not have the season many people thought. That could be as much as what he did in the past as what he did this year. Kind of like the Lifetime, Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, for him. Defensive player Jalen Petrie from Baylor. Offensive newcomer is running back Jalen Warren, who will be able to see on Saturday against Baylor. 
defensive newcomer of the year, Sayaki Aika, Baylor, defensive lineman, offensive freshman of the year, Xavier Worthy, defensive freshman, Colin Oliver from Oklahoma State, special teams player of the year, Baylor's Treston Ebner, offensive lineman of the year, Connor Gelvin of Baylor, and then your defensive players of the year, shared honor, defensive lineman of the year, Will McDonald from Iowa State, and Felix, and Dewiki Uzuma from Kansas State, and Mike Gundy is your coach of the year. Interesting. When you look at the list from the West Virginia perspective, I mean, I think the one guy I'd, I'd look at and say, I ain't a little bummed out for Letty Brown. Uh, you know, uh, he, he had up and down, but finished certainly with a lot of ups. Um, first team all-conference selection last year. But, you know, realistically, when you look at the the running backs in this league who were ahead of him on the first and second team, you said Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson, who may have contended for Offensive Player of the Year if he had stayed healthy the last half of the season, last part of the mm-hmm. season. Uh, Abraham Abram Smith and Deuce Vaughn are your four ahead of Letty. Yeah, okay, you can make an argument for Letty, but those four are also really, really good. Yeah. I mean, and to what hurt Letty this year as much as anything is that that offensive line just wasn't ready early in the season. Mm-hmm. Got better as the time went on, but in the beginning of the season, I mean, he would have he would have had a bigger year, plain and simple. And team success factors into if you start to go break it down. Really, the the main exception there, and I said this on three guys, Greg, Texas should be more embarrassed than they probably already are with their season, with what they had from a first team perspective. That's the that's the school that finished in the bottom half of the standings that had more representation probably than deserved given their their wins loss. If you factor that in, text question for us: Any word on which Mountaineer players may come back? Next year, any hope of Jackie Matthews, Sean Ryan coming back since they did walk on senior day? I think there's still certainly a hope that that those guys, because Neil said right before and right after, don't put much stock into who walked and who didn't walk on senior day. Um, two guys with eligibility that uh, are definitely not coming back are Letty Brown and Josh Chandler Sumito. Um don't expect Dante Stills to return, but he has not announced that. He did say, asked him, I asked him, you know, one of the later press conferences we had a chance to talk to him. He said he's going to look, you know, look at the what the NFL people said and make his decision from there. But um, after that, Tony, you may have more insight, but that's that's where I am among those who have eligibility to return. When you think about it, here's your two options. Number one. If you have the chance to come back, this is what you have to weigh, I think. Do I still want to play? That's one aspect that needs to be considered because it is a full-time commitment at the highest level, full-time commitment. The other part of it is, am I NFL ready? And if I am, then I'm gone. If I'm not, does playing next year make me more draftable? That's really what this thing comes down to. And there are those that simply don't have any, you know, there, there's not an NFL opportunity for them, and they'll, they'll, they'll check out. And then there are those, and this leans toward most of the time, they go when they would have been better served not to go. But at the same time, if you're probably not ready after four, you're probably not going to be ready after five. 
kind of you know what I'm saying? At many positions in particular. I mean, Letty would be an example of that, right? The running back position, you're going to come back and put another, what, how many carries on that? Two, 300 more carries mm-hmm. no. on that body when yep. there's probably not significant upside there. So I think that as well. Yeah. And Neil, um, he didn't really – he said, hey, when I asked about it at the press conference before the regular season was over, he said, it's early. We'll have – each individual will have a discussion with them. And we'll get a feel and give them, you know, we'll listen to it out. We'll listen to that. And you know what? Um, there's probably some that internally would be better served if they go away. Right? You're looking at – you're always trying to over-recruit what you have. So sometimes you go, you know what? Probably would be better because we're bringing this guy in. This guy is our future. We need to get him in. Or you're probably not going to get as much or – it, you know, you would be better served. And then for those that haven't transferred, they can go somewhere else too, you know. They would get, get that opportunity. Transfer portal is open. They could do that as well. Those the two guys that the texter mentioned in terms of Jackie Matthews and Sean Ryan are, are definitely two I'd like to see return from oh, West yeah. Virginia standpoint. Those, those are guys that helped you obviously greatly this year and I, I think definitely would next year as well. As you said, there are others. Okay. Um, but those two, uh, hopefully they come back. But, you know, as you said, that's a tough decision sometimes. They've already put four years of their life into this. You know, can you do a fifth? But though both those guys probably have pro aspirations, and I don't know if they're right now. Though, will another year help that? Right, exactly right. Exactly right. So, interesting things to think about. Recruiting-wise, Coach Hunter, so coaches are on the road all week, and mm-hmm. then they'll, they'll come back in here this weekend, and they'll have visits. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, they have a junior day. I don't know if it's this coming weekend or the following. Um, but so, I mean, they, you know, not only are they recruiting class of 22, and they're now 17 verbals uh, on that list. Uh, they can sign December 25th. And as we've talked about many times, you don't get just 25 this year. You're going to end up with 32 scholarships that you're going to be able to award because the NCAA will allowing for extras with the transfer portal um in west virginia you'd be able to use all seven of those additional ones but you, you you're working for those but then junior days you tw- class of 23 they're putting out a lot of offers for those kids even down the road and i think for neil brown he's talked about that you got to start building those relationships when those kids are young and you're doing that but uh they still have more needs in this class um some will be high school players and then they'll leave another probably half dozen maybe more for um guys that are going to be transfers. Senator, you were listening to uh, Brian Kelly's speech last night at LSU during the basketball game. Did he, in the course of a couple of days, did he just pick up a Southern accent? Uh, it sounded a bit like that on the video on yeah. a couple parts. Now, he's from Massachusetts. I think he's from Massachusetts. Yeah, and we were listening during the last commercial break. seemed as though he... He was was it was kind of a southern Cajun type accent. It it was and uh, playing to the base there. Well, yeah, it did yeah, yeah. I guess that's what you would would do. I mean, the talk about him is he a cultural fit there for LSU? He's working to to fit in. You uh, you don't think that um, you say he's not a fit, but it might be all right as long as he wins. Yeah, because that that overrides everything. Right, and they just went the cultural fit direction with Ed Orgeron. Got him a national championship, 
but ultimately didn't work out. So you go the opposite way, and you do get a guy in Brian Kelly that's won everywhere he's been. So whether he likes gumbo or not, if he doesn't, that's overcome if he wins. Just wins. Yeah, just wins some games. Yeah. Because when Nick was there, like he didn't put the Cajun accent on. No. He, he was still speaking Mananga. Yes. He wasn't speaking Cajun. Because, like, I know what I'm doing. I got this. I got this taken care of. As long that as you do out. that, you're fine. Yeah, that worked out. Yeah. All right. 633 sitting at Statewide Sports Line. Text line is open 304 Talk 304. That's 304 Talk 304. We've got Britt Sherman, head coach of the Bulldogs of Martinsburg, coming up in just a little bit. We've got more coming your way. Stay with us. City Net Statewide Sports Line. Innovate, don't eliminate. That's the common sense position Senator Manchin takes when environmental extremists say we should do away with fossil fuels and coal mining specifically. What may be surprising is the coal industry and our utilities have been working to decrease emissions from our operations through innovations for decades. In fact, over 90% of all airborne contaminants have been eliminated, while the amount of coal used to manufacture electricity has tripled. This is a phenomenal and noteworthy record. Unfortunately, industry detractors call for the immediate elimination of coal usage. They deny any benefit to the approximately $14 billion in economic impact our industries provide to West Virginia and the workers we employ. They also deny the critical importance of fossil energy to assuring uninterrupted power grid stability and overall energy security. They choose to eliminate, not innovate. West Virginia is demonstrating its possible to have a world-class energy sector that provides jobs while being a model for employing carbon reduction technologies. A message from the Friends of Coal. Think your business is too small to be targeted by hackers? Think again. We all hear about the hacks at big companies, but mostly cyber attacks and ransomware threats hit small businesses like yours. These malicious cyber attacks can have a devastating effect on your business, your customers, and your reputation. There's never been a more important time to secure your business technology. Take the first step and call CityNet, West Virginia's trusted technology partner, at 844-CityNet, online at citynet.net. This weekend, the top high school football teams in West Virginia invade Wheeling for the Super Six. Friday night, Independence takes on Fairmont Senior in the AA Championship at 7 p.m. Saturday, the AAA title game between Huntington and Martinsburg starts at noon with Richie County taking on Williamstown in the Single-A Championship at 7 p.m. The Super Six, presented by CEC on your favorite Metro News radio station and at WVMetroNews.com. The CityNet Statewide Sports Line returns in two minutes on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Metro News this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia. When you want them, Chris Lawrence at the Anchor Desk. Good morning, I'm Chris Lawrence, and we're ready to get the day started in West Virginia with all the information you need. Kerry Hudasek brings you the day's headlines. West Virginia University students say the mental health crisis has gotten worse on campus due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Azim Khan, a senator with the Student Government Association, says that's why they're hoping Governor Jim Justice will agree to invest federal relief dollars toward more services. Kyle Wiggs at the sports desk. Pioneers will receive their bowl bid officially on Sunday. West Virginia is qualified at 6-6 six and six with back-to-back wins over Texas and Kansas. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Thomas Jefferson had more than his share of debates in his lifetime, but he claimed to have tried to keep those discussions from affecting his personal feelings. Anytime, anywhere, on any device. Metro News this morning. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at WVMetroNews.com. 
Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at wvmetronews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News, for 36 years, the voice of West Virginia. What a great time slot it is because... All right, welcome back. Sitting at Statewide Sports Line, Tony Caridi with Coach Hunter. The Senator is here in just a second. Talk about Mountaineer basketball. The computer. The computer is. It's not that it doesn't like the Mountaineer basketball team. It doesn't like it's 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 not hating the Mountaineer basketball team, but the computer is saying, mm, meh. That's what it's saying. Computer's going, mm, mm. It's not saying I love this team. It's not saying I hate this team. It's just saying, mm. we'll get into those numbers in a second. First, some other numbers. Championship weekend, college football. The Mountaineers will be in action. Not those Mountaineers, but the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Sean Clark, head coach. Charleston, West Virginia product. Taking on Louisiana in the Sun Belt title game. We talked a little bit about it. Senator, what's that number doing there? This is brought to us, by the way, by Caesars. Sportsbook. If you haven't downloaded the app, make sure that you do. The greatest sports betting app in the world. As we sit here now, App State favored by two and a half. Now, as Greg can attest, App State had a tough go around the first matchup here. 41 13. Louisiana won the first meeting between these two teams earlier this year. The game is at Louisiana. And yet, App State is the team that's favored here. Do you guys use that? Is this one of those stinky lines? You call this a stinky line? This is a little bit of a fishy line, a little stinky line. I think you probably got to ride App State here, don't See, you? So explain that to me because, I mean, App State's 10-2. and two. Um, Louisiana's very good. Matter of fact, good enough that their, their coach has gotten a, a bigger, 11, better job. I'm sorry, Greg. 11 straight wins after opening the season with a loss to Texas. Yeah. They've ripped off 11 straight. App State played Miami to the wire. Miami of Florida. Now, Hurricanes weren't great this year, but still, they went down to Miami and went tooth and nail, and Louisiana just took them to task. That's the only team that's done that this year. So I find it hard that that to believe that line is there. App State, though, had four turnovers in that first meeting. Uh-huh. So that's a much closer game yeah. if you eliminate out the turnovers right there. There's obviously some distraction points built in for Billy Napier, who's already accepted the Florida job, as Greg just mentioned. 
But that's an that's an odd line. That normally goes one of two ways. Like your kids are going to win one for coach, uh-huh. or they're going to go like, I can't believe you're leaving us. Yep. One of those one normally goes. And that's real. That's that part's really hard to handicap. So that to me, the four turnovers is the most valuable piece of information there. You got to figure App State won't do that again. Yeah. Uh, Caesar Sportsbook. Our fun facts brought to us by Caesar's Sportsbook. If you haven't downloaded the app, do it right now. Sign up, deposit, bet with this week's football bonus, which is Sunday Stars. Here's how it works. You place a wager, qualifying game this week. Then throughout the game, you'll earn bonus dollars based on your players' stats. The better they play, the more you win. Caesar Sportsbook also has same game parlays, one game, up to 10 legs, and big payouts. Go ahead, get your NFL or NBA bets down with same game parlays. Caesar's Sportsbook. Your app is ready. Emperor, download it. They never did send the chalice. They were supposed to send the chalice. Must be 21 paid in bet credits. Terms and conditions apply. See Caesars.com slash promos. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. Ken Pomeroy is a name that we often talk about in college basketball. He has a computerized ranking of every college basketball team in the country. He ranks them in his own version of a power rating from 1 all the way to 358. There's 358 teams, and in case you're wondering, Mississippi Valley State currently dead last, 0-5 on the campaign. But where is West Virginia? Just to kind of give you his top 10. This is the computer. This is not, this is not objective. No, this, uh, this is objective. This is not subjective. One is Gonzaga, two Purdue, three Baylor, four Houston, five Kansas. Six Villanova, seven Duke, eight UCLA, nine USC, ten Tennessee. Okay, so where do we go with West Virginia? He has West Virginia currently at fifty. At fifty, this is based on one loss. It's based on the adjusted offensive efficiency, the adjusted defensive efficiency, the adjusted tempo, the luck factor, schedule of strength. The average adjusted offense of opposing offenses, the average of, of you, you get what I'm saying. I mean, it's broken down in, in, in high-level detail. So not only does he have West Virginia at 50, he also, based on the computer, as of today, projects what your schedule will be, win-loss for the rest of the season. So this is what he has, the computer. I shouldn't say he. This is what his computer is saying. He's got West Virginia winning easily on Saturday over Radford. 94% chance to win, 74-57. As Darius Nichols come up. We won't pass that on to Darius when he comes on tomorrow night. Then he gives West Virginia, I'm sorry, the computer does, a 49% chance of beating Connecticut next Wednesday. He's got the Mountaineers losing by a point, 71-70. 83% chance to beat Kent State. Only gives West Virginia a 39% chance to win at UAB. When the Mountaineers go down there to play Coach Andy Kennedy and the Blazers, 96% chance to beat Youngstown State. Then West Virginia goes on the road to open up league play. He's got West Virginia losing both of its first two league games at Texas New Year's Day and at TCU. Only gives the Mountaineers a 23% chance to beat Texas and a 48% chance to beat TCU. TCU game is one of those that's below yeah. West Virginia in the ratings. One yeah. of three 
Big 12 teams below West Virginia. Then he has West Virginia coming home and beating Kansas State and Oklahoma State. He's got them losing in Lawrence, Kansas. Gives West Virginia just a 15% chance to win in Lawrence and a 30% chance to win at Baylor. How about this one? A 23% chance to win at Texas Tech. Now, before the season started, let's face it, we had those penciled in there as a couple W's against the Red Raiders. Texas Tech right now, the computer is loving. Normally, we see West Virginia in the position Texas Tech is in right now. Texas Tech is 16th in this particular rating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then they've got a 57% chance to beat Oklahoma, who had a huge win last night. And then he's got got just a 25% chance to win at Arkansas in the SEC Big 12 deal. And then 13% chance at Baylor. So that first Baylor game was in Morgantown. Second Baylor game's there, 13% chance to win. 44% chance to beat Texas Tech here. I'm calling BS on that one. Iowa State, 70% chance to win at home. He's got him losing. He's got him them ending the season with six consecutive losses. He's got them losing six of the last seven games at the end of the regular season. Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas, and Oklahoma. And then he's got them winning on the regular season finale at home against TCU. He's got WV going 17-14 and 14 overall and 8-10 and 10 in conference. Play. As of today. I mean, As those, of today. Those can change, right? Those yes. are constantly updated daily. Yeah. And, and, Brad, you guys were talking about it off air, but – this computer typically loves West Virginia. I mean, just looking back at the end of past seasons uh, and at the end of 21, the last spring, West Virginia was uh, 23rd in the computer. The year before that, the end of the season, they were 10th. Oh, yeah, those computers love the Mountaineers. I, hear, I think what's happening is it's looking at the data, seeing West Virginia's getting out-rebounded, and there's stats that West Virginia normally has been dominant in. They're not there. And so the computer's going like, eh, no thank you. Now, can strength, that change? I'm sorry. Strength of schedule hasn't kicked in either. I mean, West Virginia's a little lower than it than it normally is right now. If you look at two games, like like Pitt's killing you, they're a, they're a 203rd ranked in right. this. So that's a Power 5 game you have that's a team that's not doing well. Elon is 252. Even Marquette, 80th. But then you've got Eastern Kentucky that's pressing right up against 200 at 189 right. and Bellarmine at 193. So West Virginia normally doesn't have that many in the high 80s or 200s. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Britt, well, we'll see how Ken Palm works. You know, hey, hopefully he's wrong. Britt Sherman, head coach Martinsburg, when we come back, sitting at Statewide Sportsline. A congenital heart defect or disease is a life-changing condition. At the WVU Medicine Children's Heart Center, we offer life-changing care. We have the only pediatric cardiothoracic surgery program of its kind in West Virginia. We deliver innovative heart procedures in a family-centered environment for patients with congenital heart disease. Put your child's heart in the very best hands. Visit WVUKids.com. Few things impact a community more than clean water, safe roads, and accessible internet. But here in West Virginia, we often struggle to get the attention that's needed to make these life-changing improvements. That's where the Thrasher Group comes in, a full-service architecture and engineering firm. The Thrasher Group is here when you plan, design, and execute projects that move our communities forward. A partner to West Virginia's municipalities for nearly 40 years. They're here for you. When you need infrastructure problems solved, Thrasher's got it. Find out more at the Thrasher Group. 
At WVU Health Affairs, they're committed to improving health in West Virginia, but they can't do it without your help. The Mountain State Assessment of Trends in Community Health, or MATCH, is a survey that one in 14 West Virginians will be selected to participate in. Information collected in the survey helps policymakers and state officials direct health resources to West Virginians who need help the most. You can complete the survey online, by mail, or by phone, and you will be compensated for your time. Visit wvmatchsurvey.org for more information. The CityNet Statewide Sports Line returns in two minutes on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Hi, it's Tony Caridi, host of the CityNet Statewide Sports Line right here on Metro News. Join the Senator Brad Howe, Coach Greg Hunter, and myself as we discuss the day's biggest sports stories, talking with coaches, former players, and sports writers from all over the state and across the nation, bringing you the latest from the high schools, colleges, and the pro game. So don't miss the CityNet Statewide Sports Line weeknights at 6.06 here on the Metro News Radio Network and streaming live at WVMetroNews.com. Your source for news in the Mountain State is Metro News. Weekday mornings, start your day with the morning news. Three hours of the biggest stories across West Virginia, along with sports, weather, and more. Stay updated throughout the day with reports at half past each hour. And find all the info you need on your schedule at WVMetroNews.com. The news you want from the name you trust. Metro News, for over 35 years, the voice of West Virginia. Friday night in the fall are reserved for high school football and the 20-year tradition continues on metro news it's summit community bank high school game night with fred persinger and dave jecklin celebrating 20 years of bringing you up to the minute scores conference standings player and coach interviews and more tune in all season long to follow your favorite school friday nights from 9 30 to midnight summit community bank high school game night on the metro news radio network Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sitting at Statewide Sports, remind, Sports Line, a reminder that uh, Brad's podcast, Game Within the Game, has been dropped. The latest news got some Thursday night stuff on there as well, so you might want to take a listen wherever your fine podcasts are available. Please welcome to the program the head football coach of the Bulldogs of Martinsburg, Britt Sherman. Coach, good evening to you. Thanks so much for being with us. Good evening, Tony. How you doing? I'm great. Congratulations to you. I appreciate it. So, how has the week gone by? It's not that it's new for you guys, but I would imagine it's always got a just a special feel to it as you get ready to do this. How's the week going? It's it's going really well. Uh, we're getting an extra day. I think this is the first year in a long time that we've done all of our first round games on Friday. So having an extra day is, is has been nice to prepare. Sure, absolutely. As you guys put your game plan together this week and you scout, what are the biggest things 
that you guys look at across the line of scrimmage this week that you've got to take care of? Well, we just can't make any mistakes. I mean, they're a great team. Um, big, fast, physical, uh, well-coached, you know, some of the best athletes we've seen all season. And, and you know, that's that's saying a lot because we've we've played in Virginia and Ohio and and uh, they're they're just a really good team, and, and we're we're going to have to have to be really good and and uh, not make those mistakes. So, coach, besides not making mistakes, what do you need to do well? We got to control the line of scrimmage, and uh, it's going to be a tall task because uh, they're they're really good up front as well. So we're going to have to be physical with the point of contact, so we can so we can run the football, and then we also have to have to be able to play really good defense. Britt, we talk so often about skill guys at Martinsburg over the years, and, and certainly rightfully so, given how many talented dudes you've had. But that's always impressed me about your program. The lines, I think, are underrated. You mentioned one important part of that is the lines are really underrated, both offensively and defensively. When you've gone up to Wheeling and won state titles, a lot of it has to do with the lines, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, we, we always tell the kids, you know, it's the only position on the field that they call you a man. So a line man, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and that's, that's – you know, we go as they go, and as, as our offensive line is is good, we've had great years, and you know we've had some really really good defensive fronts here as well, and um, you know it makes it takes a lot of pressure off those guys on the back end when uh, those guys up front can uh, really do their job and and eat up blocks or make blocks and uh, just make the game a little easier for the skill guys. What do the rest of your kids say when you tell them that men line men are the only men on that position? What do they they give you the look? Well, you know, they, they're they getting their names in the paper, so they're not too good. <laughs> hey, uh, Those guys in front aren't, so we got to love them up. Oh, I'm with you. No, you're totally, totally. I, I, through the years, I've become a lover of offensive line play. I mean, it's uh, that's where it's at. Uh, obviously, quarterback situation, you've been dealing with injury. What uh, What's your health report as of right now, a couple of days away? Uh, Murphy Clement is out. Murphy's actually going to have surgery on his foot tomorrow uh, in Baltimore with a specialist. So he's going to have a four to six month recovery, which, you know, I hate it for him because he's such a good kid and, uh, uh, you know, great athlete, uh, not being able to play in this game. Sure. But uh, he, uh, you know, Ezra Bajan's been our starter um, for most of the year. And, uh, you know, Murphy's come in and, and spelled him. And But, uh, you know, now it's going to be more – more of a, you know, it's going to be Ezra's team, and Ezra's going to take all the snaps. And you know, he's he's a lot like his brother. Um, I don't know physically if he's the same caliber as his brother was as a junior, but mentally he may be a little bit farther along than what his brother was because uh, he's got his brother to you know work with him in the off season and, and watch film with him and things like that. That's saying something because he was he was so head smart, and uh, and if Ezra's right there in that same same deal. That's that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah, it's the same mold, and, and a great family, and you know we're, we've been blessed to have both those both those guys with us. So, Britt, with so much chaos last year, not even being able to finish the playoffs, is this year felt normal, or because I mean, there's still been some bobbles here and there, or uh, you get just adjusted? I think it's the new normal. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm really I'm, I'm glad that we've been able to play things out. I think it's really great for the mental health and, and the mental mental wellness of these teenagers to be able to come to practice together, be in the locker room, be on bus rides together, um, all those things that on socially last year. I think it's it's really big for those guys. 
It's a shame we won't get to see Murphy, as you just mentioned, but there's another Clement that's had an unbelievable season for you. We just mentioned the skill and the, the eye-popping numbers that your guys put up. Hudson Clement, wide receiver, there's 79 receptions on the year, so he's a dude too. Yeah, Hudson's a great player, and Hudson, Hudson plays both ways, and he just uh, he just surpassed Brandon Barrett as the uh, single-season leading receiver in Martinsburg history. Wow. So, you know, that's that's pretty impressive for him to come out here and do this year. And, and, you know, he's not the only guy he's got, a, he's got a supporting cast around him. So to be able to do that with, with the other really good players that we have has been pretty impressive, but he just has amazing hands on offense and uh, he's done a great, you know, he's just, he catches anything that's anywhere around him and he's, he's extremely smart football smart and uh, lets everybody around him know kind of what, what, what they need to do. And he's kind of the quarterback out on the flank. And uh, and then he plays really good on defense as well, and in our secondary, and we kind of go as he goes um, in our secondary, and he's done a great job over there as well this year. Final question for you about a minute to go. So, how do you guys logistically do this? You go over tomorrow. Do you do you even go over to watch Double A at all, or do you just kind of house in and that's that? Yeah, no, we we'll go up and uh, we usually stay at the same place and and kind of do the same routine. But we we go to the Double A game. And uh, we started that a good while back, and we got to get Sarge, my man Sarge, our equipment so he can get, uh, get everything cleaned up and, and get it all uh, spiffy for us on Saturday. Awesome. Well, listen, we wish you the absolute best. Uh, congratulations on the season that you had, and we look forward to it. All right, guys, I appreciate it. You bet. You take care. There he is, Britt Sherman, head coach of the Martinsburg Bulldogs, and they got a big-time matchup with Huntington coming up, uh, one of the big three games this weekend. 20 straight playoff wins for Martinsburg. Unbelievable, right? I mean, we say it every year. I mean, the numbers are just unbelievable. And you know, like like a lot of that stuff, when something happens so extraordinary, it kind of you, – you, you lose the perspective on it. But the reality is of it is, right, when's that going to happen again, mm. right? When that thing does eventually come around, who's going to be able to do that? Probably not, right? They're probably, I'm at that point now. Is it probably not in our lives. Probably won't see it again. Probably won't see it again in our lives. Yeah, days are getting shorter. It's getting later than you think. All right, we're uh, out of out of time. Back again tomorrow night at six oh six. Senator will be up in Wheeling. We'll check in with him tomorrow. Darius Nichols on tomorrow night show. Coach Hunter will be here. You know, it's always me and Hunter. I mean, we're the only guys that you know. The bedrock. We're always here. City Net Statewide Sports Line. Hunter's got to leave right now. He's got a duffel bag waiting for him. We'll see you. <laughs> the CityNet Statewide Sports Line is an exclusive production of the Metro News Radio Network. All rights reserved. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.
Thursday, December 2nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, North Carolina's own Bill Mann. I am, I am in fact, North Carolina's own. In fact, I'm shocked, shocked, I say, that they haven't given me a sign as you enter the state. Not even home like of a, Bill. Can you imagine home of home of Bill Man? People are like, who? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that would actually be a nice. Uh, states should do that. State uh, in in this regard. In this regard, in the same way that states use license plates as a way to raise revenue. Say, look, you want a personalized plate? You're going to pay a little more for that. Yeah. Why wouldn't states do the same sort of thing? Where like, hey, we're we're going to rent this out. We're going to do it on a, a maybe a daily basis or a weekly basis, and how great would that be if yeah. your family arranged for you? The they knew what, what you know highway you were going to be on, so that when you drove in, it said that it was like a, a, a Christmas present for you. I states are they need to be better at raising money. Driving into North North Dakota, and you're like, "Welcome home, Jim Nordgard." Who is not loving that? Yeah, absolutely. We, we have just started a business, by the way. We, right here on Market Foolery. Right here. You're welcome, You're municipalities welcome. and states. Cities can do the same thing. Yeah. All right. Let's get to let's stuff. get to some let's get to some stock stuff. We have another name change, and we will get to that, and we will get to what is happening with the market relative to its recent highs. Because uh, I'm sure I was not the only investor at the end of the day on Wednesday to look at his or her portfolio and Point. see Woo, where'd my money go <laughs> nothing but red nothing <laughs> but we're gonna start though we're gonna start with a little bit of green in the case of okta because shares of okta are up nearly 10 percent this morning third quarter revenue was higher than expected the loss was smaller than expected they raised guidance for q4 um, the fact that the stock is up makes sense to me because we got this news uh, when they reported after the bell on Wednesday, and yeah. the after hours activity didn't make sense to me. The stock was down eight, ten percent, and I thought, wait a minute, wait, is there is, what? What are we missing? This seems like good results over the last ninety days and good guidance going forward. It almost felt like after a day like Wednesdays that any company that said something, they're like, oh, well, it's bound to be terrible. Right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What did you say? You, wait, wait. You said up 61% revenues, $351 million? Wait, wait. That's pretty good. Can I believe that that's good? Should I dare I? It was a great quarter for them and not only that i mean octa octa is being i I, you know i don't know that i'm saying anything treading on any real new ground by saying look security is going to be big and octa particularly after they you know they 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 made the purchase last year of guardian they are dominating in a segment that is not going to shrink it could change. I'm not saying Okta is one of those sure thing companies, and it is a fairly expensive stock, but it, you're talking about a company that is fishing in the right waters. When you look at the fact that they are not profitable, um, they are in growth mode, uh, for people that look at that and think, okay, I hear what you're saying, 
at some point I need them to make money or I want, <laughs> I want, I want them to be profitable. Um, yeah. Wh- wh- what is a reasonable timeline or, or to the extent that the company has talked about that? Wednesday? What, Wednesday what, good for you? What are expectations? I don't want to be too libertine about this because companies, I think companies that are actually bad companies will say the same thing like, oh, we could be profitable if we wanted to, but we're still at investment mode. But when you have a company that is growing at 61% in a time frame in which the identity you know the the identity identity and security market is both growing and changing so quickly it is actually very reasonable for okta not to be profitable yet and for it still to be an exciting company i think probably what you really want to see is a company that wants be, be, you you don't want them to say okay we're profitable tomorrow and then they become profitable with 2% of the market. They want the oyster. And so it is reasonable for them to invest and to invest heavily right now. And the good news with the share price where it is, is that they can raise capital pretty cheaply. This is really what you want to see from a company that has a, that has a market that's growing as quickly as Octa's is. It's been a busy week for Jack Dorsey. Two days after he resigned as the CEO of Twitter, Dorsey announced that the other company he's running, Square, is changing its corporate name to Block. Um, Dorsey's fandom of all things crypto, I think, is pretty well known. So the, the blockchain aspirations of the business are now front and center. The name change is going to take effect on December 10th, and I will just point out that shares of Square uh, today are down 3%. And you can say what you want about Facebook changing their name to Meta Platforms. At least on the day they announced it, shares of that stock were up. (laughs) I don't think, uh, okay, I don't think that the two are necessarily related to each other. I feel like Block has such negative connotations. Right, I know. I know. There's blockchain out there. First of all, there's 50 companies that have block in their name in that in in in, in that form. Why not Cube? Like, I think they're looking at Square. Okay, but we're Square, but we're kind of a 3D Square. What's that called? Cube. cube. Come on, you could do it with a Q if you want to be fancy. But the funny thing to me about they're doing this is that it's not even by a long shot the worst branding within the square slash block ecosystem because if you look at the announcement for block saying that they're changing the name it says square cash app spiral btc which is the former you know the square crypto title and tbd five four five six nine seven five are now block now i stopped on that last thing for just a little bit because that's not a great that's that's not great branding. I you know I'm always curious about what are the conversations like behind closed doors that lead to a decision. <laughs> this is where I'm going. <laughs> and and in the case of Facebook and yeah. Meta platforms, at least part of the impetus for that name change is look, we this is going to in a small way diminish the heat that we get, particularly from Capitol Hill, uh, 
for Facebook. Yeah. It diminishes it. It doesn't make it go away, but in the same way that on a hot summer day, you step outside, it can be 95 degrees, it can be 88 degrees. Uh, you'd rather it be 88 degrees. It's just a little bit, it's a little bit less. With, with this, I, and maybe it's the timing, maybe it's, it's the timing of just two days after he steps down from Twitter, mm-hmm. but I, I really am curious and hoping that someone is going to come out with a, a long form story in a month or two about how this went down and what the thinking was and what, and look, they can do whatever they want. They can change yeah. their name to whatever they want. My question as a shareholder is, what do you think this accomplishes? Because I well, haven't, I haven't heard that yet. I, you know, I will, I, I, I will say this square is something that is very specific. That is a point of sale payment system and, you know, additional architecture. They also have title. They also have the cash app. They already had a number of different things. Actually putting it under a bigger brand makes a great deal of sense. I, I, you know, I, I I don't know about this branding. I do. I agree with you. I love I, I, I love the vision of my mind. Jack Dorsey sending in his resignation at, at at Twitter and immediately. And it's got to be like it's got to be like Old West style swinging doors coming into the room at Square and saying, OK, we're going to mix some things up because that's what this feels like to me. The branding, actually, it does make some sense. I just don't know that they've gotten something that is more evocative than Square by going with Block. And that's ultimately what branding is all about. It's true. And look, they were getting some criticism and and whether it's fair or not that like, oh, you know, tech companies stock is down to the they're going to change their name and, and think that that fixes things. And and, and maybe that's a little snarky. Um, but I think we both realize three months from now, six months from now, the business better have a, a story to tell that that is positive for shareholders. <laughs> because if not, all we're going to be talking about in three or six months is, hmm, how's the new name working out? Oh, yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. Right when Yahoo became Oath. Oath. Yeah. I mean, look, Oath could have been highly successful, but it certainly didn't help that it they changed the name and then it was a disaster. Oath was no Tronk, by the way. I think Tronk may have been my favorite slash least favorite of the of, of the rebrands of you know of of a really an old line entity, a brand that had a lot of uh, equity behind it. Yeah, no, Tronk is number one on the list because they went back. They didn't just change the name Tronk. They went back to the original name, (laughs) which was a wonderful admission. Yes. Um, Let's wrap up with the market uh, because at the moment it's uh it's it's in positive territory but we still have a few hours left in the yeah. trading day so we'll somebody see. could say something yeah i don't want to jinx us yeah. um but i did it, it got me thinking about the last time you and i were at fool headquarters in alexandria mm-hmm. it was march 19th of 2020 we were doing a live video on youtube talking about among other things where to invest in the market. I, I, and it's still up on the, the Motley Fool's YouTube channel. I think uh, the name of the video is where to in, invest $1,000 right now. But we, we were talking about, um, and you specifically mentioned Disney and Starbucks as 
businesses that where the stocks were beaten down. And uh, I'll paraphrase, but you, you basically talked in terms of like, look, these are great businesses. They are beaten down for obvious reasons uh, early in the pandemic, but they are, if they are not at the moment, they are approaching the too cheap to ignore territory. Yeah. Just the like, hey, look, if you're going to sell me that business at that price, then the responsible thing for me to do as, a sh- as an investor is to buy some shares. And I'm curious if you look around and you see businesses that are in a similar position today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would think that a company like Amazon is in that position today. You might also, you might still make that that argument about Disney today. We had a conversation this morning uh, on the Motley Fool Morning Show, and we just talked about about the power of what happens when Disney finally decides to get into the metaverse. Could you imagine having a gathering with your friends or with your son's friends saying, hey, let's all go meet uh, on Tatooine because that is available to you through the Disney through the Disney universe. Or like, yeah, let's go wander around Asgard. I think that the, it is still that is still a company that is probably too cheap to ignore. What's different right now from 2020 is that in March of 2020, the stock the stock market was dropping and everybody knew why. Everybody knew. We may not have another time like that in our lifetimes. I hope not. But it was a reason you almost got the sense that everyone didn't have to panic because they just knew what the thing was. There was no confusion. Today, I think there's a lot more confusion. People are thinking that, you know, that that it's the Omicron strain or it's, you know, or or uh, um, Chairman Powell keeps opening his his mouth about the taper or not taper or whatever it is. But I do think that the great companies, if you have the opportunity to buy them when people are wondering about the market, it really takes a lot more to make the, the great com- companies ungreat. Yeah, I was looking at uh, all of the red in my portfolio yesterday, and um, I look at a stock like Mercado Libre, which in yeah. the past month is down more than 25%. And I just thought, well, that's <laughs> that's. I don't. I don't know if it's in the too, too cheap to ignore territory, but it's. It certainly looks like it's on its way. If it's not there, yeah, it's still a pretty expensive stock. I mean, that stock is still trading at uh, a PE in the triple digits. And I know that I know that price to earnings ratio isn't perfect. But just like we talked about uh, uh, about Okta at the beginning of the show, if you are supporting Mercado Libre, would you say five years from now, I want you to have been as profitable as possible in 2022? Or do I want you to have become as big as possible in 2022? And the second option every single time, given the market that Mercado Libre is in, that's what you'd want. That is absolutely positively what you'd want. But I think that we got to the end of 2020 and a lot of people, because the stock market from March to call it February of this year, did nothing but go up. We got conditioned to thinking that that that's how that worked. And it's not. This is this what we're experiencing now is really what investing is all about. And it is sometimes just just tolerating a little bit of pain and. 
you know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I do know that a Mercado Libre is a lot more exciting to me at $1,100 a share than it was at $2,000 a share, which was not that long ago, because it's the same exact company. Well, let's go back to Amazon for a second, because um, Moser and I were talking the other day about the terrible holiday season Amazon had in 2013, how that helped inform their methodical investments in shipping to the point where it's basically the biggest shipper in the United States right now. And look, Amazon stock is up for the year. I think it's up 8% year to date, something like that. That is still trailing the overall S&P 500 by uh, a, a dozen percentage points or more. Um, yeah. but, but this really, to your point, in terms of Amazon and the stock price, this really seems like it's shaping up to be one of those years that in 2022 or 2023, we're going to look back on and go, oh, yeah, 2021. That was the year Amazon was doing a lot of investing. They were spending a lot of money. And in the same way that in 2013, there were some analysts saying, why are you investing in shipping? Why don't you just keep up these partnerships with the experienced pros at UPS and FedEx? this is an investment year for Amazon. And I, I don't know. It, I it, love it, that point because looking back now, and I know you have, we, we have information now that we didn't have in 2013, but it's the same exact conversation. What now would you have had them do? And it's invest. Right. That, that won every, every bit of the way. These companies that have reasonable investing prospects in front of them you want Okta to do it. You want Disney to do it. You want Mercado Libre to do it. You absolutely positively want Amazon to do it as an investor. Even though it makes them look a little more expensive and a little less awesome right now, that's how business works. They are not numbers. They are entities and organisms, and you got to feed them. Bill, man, always great talking to you. Thanks great for talking here. to you, Chris. Thanks so much. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Dreadle, 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 I made it out of clay. When it's dry and ready, dreadle, I will play. Dreadle, 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 I made it out of clay. When it's dry and ready, dreadle, I will play. Then I win. I like to play with Dreidel. It likes to dance and spin. A happy game of Dreidel. Come on now, let's begin. Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. I made it out of clay. When it's dry and ready, Dreidel, I will play. Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. I made it out of clay. When it's dry and ready, Dreidel, I will.
Please leave us a review on iTunes. Hello again, this is Alan Stevens welcoming you to The Media Coach and this week, Curry But No Rugby, Speaker Coaching, No More Fur, Not Herding Cats, Simply Does It, What Does a Reporter Really Want, Stand Up Social Media, an interview with and music from Ebony Buckle. I was looking forward to a great couple of days last weekend. The plan was meet up with a couple of pals at Twickenham to watch the Barbarians play Samoa and then head off for a curry. And on Sunday I was planning a day volunteering in Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park with some good friends before heading home and cooking a lovely meal. But it didn't really work out. On Saturday morning our two-year-old washing machine was dead and we faced the prospect of trying to get it fixed or buying a new one. On Saturday afternoon I arrived at Twickenham Stadium to hear the news that the match had been called off due to a Covid outbreak. On Sunday I had a fierce sore throat, no not Covid, I've tested every day, and decided not to go and work in the park to avoid passing on the infection. So am I complaining about the awful weekend? Absolutely not. We managed to change the time of the curry and we had a great meal, a long one too. On Sunday, I managed to fix the washing machine myself and I had a long string of get well messages, which I now have done, from my fellow volunteers. Turned out to be a great weekend after all. Always look on the bright side, eh? Two more places have opened up on my annual speaker coaching programme. If you're a professional speaker who wants to get back in the game in 2022 with more gigs and higher fees, I'll be happy to help. I've been boosting the careers of professional speakers for many years. Could be your turn next. Just drop me a line, alan at mediacoach.co.uk. Now, my interview guest this week is Ebony Buckle. She's a London-based singer-songwriter, originally from Townsville in Australia. She writes and performs with her husband, musician Nick Burns, who also produces her music. Emily uses really captivating stories to hold up a mirror to herself and the world. We had a fantastic conversation about life, space whales and disco lasers, as you can now hear. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, We should really be honest with our listeners and say it's the second time we've tried to do this. (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) Otherwise it does. First time didn't quite work, so we had to to count that one. Yes. But one of the most important things I want to talk to you about, obviously, I want to talk about your 
your music and your album and so on. And we're going to play a track later in the show. But tell me about Patreon and how well you've been using that. Yeah, so Patreon is something that I started in January last year. And uh, it's basically a place where people can subscribe to independent artists, musicians, writers. And in return, they sort of get to be part of the more intimate behind the scenes, less polished part of being an independent um, creative. And I started it really because I wanted to have complete creative control over my music and mm-hmm. what I wanted to make. Uh, and I'm sure, as you know, the music industry sometimes um, can be really difficult when it can comes be difficult to that. on that front, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just wanted to try to build a community of people around me that liked what I was doing and supported it. And in return, you know, I could give them back. Um, I do like a poem a week and a concert every month and um, they get, you know, discounts on all the merch and some of them get um, a cover of their favorite song. So there's, it's a lot of sort of back and forth between us, but. Um, and and so how well has it been going for you? I mean, obviously you've been in it for more about a year or so now, you'll think you said, how's it, yeah. how's it working yeah. out? Nearly two years now. And hmm. uh, it was great because we started it three months before lockdown. And yeah. because of that, even though, you know, I lost a lot of work, I was still able to fund the musical project that I started, which was this album. Um, and so, because of my patrons, um, I've been able to film 10 music videos, Fantastic. release an entire album every month. This, oh, sorry, not, not an album every month, a song every month this year yeah. from the album. And, um, you know, pay for PR, distribution, get vinyl printed and merch made. There's so many costs when it comes to releasing music. Of course, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's been wonderful. They've basically funded this entire project and it's... Yeah, really special. And we'll give people details again at the end of the interview about how they can do that. But just let's drop it in now. If people want to follow you on Patreon, what do they do? So you can just go to Patreon if you P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And if you search for Ebony Buckle, I will come up. Um, Otherwise, it's patreon.com slash Ebony Buckle. And uh, there's six different tiers, so there's lots of different options. And um, yeah, always get a nice, nice welcome video as well. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. I watched a while back. It's very good indeed. So I thoroughly recommend it. So that's great. Now let's talk about your music. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, I said we're going to play a track. We're going to play Disco Lasers later in the show. So before we get to that track, tell me about the music in general and what inspires you. Um, I get inspired a lot about, uh, I really like exploring kind of humanity and the way that our minds work. Um, and I'm also a very big space enthusiast. So right. I think that this album kind of combines my love of space exploration with how I try to understand the world and humanity. And I also love, I grew up reading a lot of, you know, folk stories and fairy tales Mm. and myths and legends. And so um, my music often tends to be quite, um, they're often, each song is kind of its own story and world in itself. Um, And yeah, so this album kind of came about as sort of a journey through, um, I guess my imagination, but also just a journey through another world, discovering different people and different um, characters. Uh, I think some of my inspiration comes from often the New Scientist magazine, oh, right. um, or things I've read, um, like the first song of the album, Wonder, 
was written about the 52 Hertz whale, which is the loneliest whale in the world. Um, discovered in the 80s, calling it 52 Hertz. Right. And um, scientists thought that it must be very lonely because no one else could hear it. Sure. But I think now it stands out because of its it's the only whale calling at that frequency. So it might not be as lonely as initially thought. But I wrote this song called Wonder, which is about a... Um, it, it's about that whale, but instead of it being on this planet, I imagined it was a intergalactic traveler who'd lost touch with its own world. Oh. A space oh. whale, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a right. lot of that. So you're, you're dealing with big themes here, Ebony, aren't you? This is, yeah, this is not small Yeah, stuff. and I'm not sure that it's a ne- necessarily, uh, I necessarily set out to do that, but mm. um, that's sort of how it's turned out. <laughs> And it's, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, obviously I've listened to some of the music, but I mean, there's, there's quite a lot of production goes into it, obviously production and post-production and so on. Yeah. How, how easy is it to perform live all, all this? Um, it's great. So yeah, it's when we recorded it, we recorded it with my husband, um, Nick Burns, who is a producer. Which is handy. Um, pardon? Smart move. Very Smart simple. move. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I really, I really did well there. Uh, and it was great actually because of lockdown luckily we have our own studio in our house um and so we were able to record the album so all of the orchestration and arrangements are by him um when we perform live perform live sorry it's normally either just him and me piano and guitar and two harmonies so we we do quite a full acoustic sound or we have backing tracks you know so we've Mm. got some of the instrumental the kind of orchestration coming in um and often we perform with a with two other backing singers so we've got four-part harmonies going on so i think yeah we try and build as much of that kind of full sound obviously one day i'd love to perform with an orchestra but um yeah got a little bit further down the line (laughs) or an albert hall i'm thinking something like that yeah just something small and intimate like that yeah nice nice one so in so we, I say we're going to come back to disco lasers in a minute, but you've, you've talked about playing live. Are you going to get out on tour? Is that is, is the plan to, to get out? We never know what's going to happen, but is the plan to try and get out there soon? Yeah, definitely. I think um, next year that's sort of our plan to at least the UK, try and do some sort of tour, whether it's in people's houses or in real venues. Um, and we, yeah, we just had our album launch show actually, which was in London and that sold out, which was very exciting. Fantastic. Um, and then my other plan is because each, each song that I've released this year from the album has its own music video. Hmm. It's the album is kind of an audio visual experience. And so what I really want to do is um, play live to a film of the album. Right. Okay. So that's my plan as well for early next year to to get that going. Okay. Kind of like you know how they the orchestras do with like Harry Potter or Lord yeah, of the Rings absolutely. at the Royal Albert Hall again. So okay, well, there's just favorite venue. Why not favorite venue just as well? Yeah, I'm sure that's, that's, a, that's a, absolutely brilliant. So that uh, yeah, well, hopefully, look forward to getting along to to one of those gigs. It sounds thanks. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Superb. So let's let's come back to disco lasers now. A bit. I'm going to play it a bit. What what's it about? What's what inspired that particular song? Um, so yes, Disco Lasers 
combines, I would say, my fear of motherhood with, um, with my fear that I would be good enough as a as a mother, with my excitement at the uh, advances being made in space exploration. So it's quite it's it's a very typical <laughs> combination of topics. Well, I, I can tell you as a parent, it's a scary thing. Whatever you do, nobody, yes, <laughs> nobody I've tells heard. you how to do it. You know? I've had some lovely messages from people saying, "Don't worry, you'll work it out." But you will um, work it out. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it when I was uh, temping in an office in this horrible company with no windows and um, it's quite soul destroying. And I was sort of having an existential crisis every day. Oh but I would write poems in my um, email drafts. I very rarely did any work, but that's the secret of the office temp. We don't do much. Um, but yeah, I would write email uh, poems in my email drafts and I wrote the lyrics to disco lasers one day after I, I think on my lunch break I'd read an article in the New Scientist about how they were sending out lasers into what well, no they weren't they were thinking of sending out disco lasers into space to try and make um spaceships travel faster hmm. uh yeah so I read that and got very excited wow. and then this song came out <laughs> fantastic so that's great and the other thing is how can people get in touch yeah so uh best way um if you want to keep in touch with everything um is my mailing list so you can find that on my website which is ebonybuckle.com or if you're on instagram or facebook it's ebonybuckle official um and you, the links to my mailing list are there if you want to get more involved and be part of the next adventure um sign up to my patreon check out the the um details there and youtube as well if you subscribe to my youtube i've released a music video every month this year um so there's lots going on and uh i'm nearly i'm nearly about to reach a thousand subscribers which is very exciting fantastic we'll see if we can push that up yeah so yeah. feel so free to, to go join and subscribe the you that you're listening go and yeah, subscribe, subscribe you know now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah and always i mean mailing list is always the best way and, and uh, i love hearing from people so so get in touch. That's fantastic, Ebony. So, so thank you again for, for coming back, or even though people have only heard you once. Oh, it was better this time, maybe. <laughs> we did a better it's job. It's been brilliant. Uh, wish you every success and, uh, and do stay in touch. Thank you so much for having me. That's Ebony Buckle there. Absolutely splendid. And uh, we've got a track of hers coming up shortly, but do go and check out her website. It's well worth it. Media Maestro this week is L, the first major fashion publisher to pledge an end to the promotion of animal fur in editorial and advertising. Senior executive said it was in support of animal welfare and a reflection of how tastes have changed. They've got 45 global editions and they've signed a charter written with the animal rights group Humane Society and the industry reform group Creatives for Change. Fur appears to be outdated and not fashionable anymore and especially for Gen Z, which is the golden target of fashion, said Valeria Bessalo-Lopez and she's Elle's international director, so she should know. She also added, Generation Z wants fashion to be responsible, ethical and innovative. And that's what's happening. So good for her and good for them. Media Mug, Councillor Aideen Lang of Fremantle, Western Australia. He wants to effectively ban cats from being outdoors unless they're on a lead. I'm not making this up, honestly. Members of the council voted to approve his proposal on the basis it would protect wildlife and remove the risk of cats being hit by cars. He told Perth Now, In the 1970s, dogs would roam our streets and I expect roaming cats to become a thing of the past. And then he told another journalist at Western Australia Today, This is about protecting our wildlife and is about helping to keep people's cats safe from cat fights. 
Crikey. He's never heard the, uh, never tried to put a cat on a lead, obviously, or heard the expression herding cats. On hearing the news, a local cat simply looked disdainful. Speaking tip, simply does it. The best speeches are often remembered by a single phrase. For example, I have a dream, or they shall not pass, or yes, we can. There are a number of things that make a speech great, but one of the most important is simplicity. Each of those phrases, three or four words, each of one syllable. But they conjure up ideas and imagery which move people to action or remind them of the message. I often go through an exercise with my speaking clients to find the simplest way of expressing their message. We try and reduce it to three or four words. If these words are repeated through a speech, which is a rhetorical technique known as anaphora, they can be used later on by listeners to recall the message of the entire speech. Sometimes clients say to me, in fact often they say to me, but Alan, my message is quite complex. I can't simplify it. My response is always the same. If it's complex, how do you expect people to understand it? Making a message simple is not patronising. It's not dumbing down. It's allowing your idea to be understood by the largest number of people. Okay, maybe some messages can't be delivered in four words. It may take five or six. But if you can't find a way to make your message really simple, you're shortchanging your audience. Right, now it's time for that track from Ebony Buckle. This is Disco Lasers. Try to be better, I'll try to be greater, try 
Disco Lasers by Ebony Buckle. Wasn't that fantastic? Quite extraordinary. Lovely voice and brilliant song. So do check out ebonybuckle.com. Media tip. What does a reporter really want? If you ask most people, they'll say, oh, they'll try and make people look stupid or some variant of that statement. Even if that was true, it'd be a short-sighted policy since guests would only appear once. As I've mentioned before on this show, reporters are very keen to build lists of reliable guests who they can call at a moment's notice. For example, at about half past eight in the morning, one day last month, my phone rang. It was a BBC local radio station. They said, we're doing a piece about how social media has treated Marcus Rashford. It's in 20 minutes. Can you be our expert guest? I agreed and I said, do you want to know my views? No need, they said. You're a regular and we know you're good. Well, I want you to receive calls like that and that's if you don't already. So here are some of the things reporters want from a guest like you. A story you've been part of. Human interest. Strong opinions. Brevity. Humour. Not jokes. Humour. Originality. And being first with the news. The closer they are to a deadline, the more chance you have of being featured, since a level of desperation may be setting in. That's when you can bargain a little, such as asking for your website to be part of the intro, or seeking a longer spot on another show. Don't be too demanding. Keep the relationship friendly. You'll find calls will happen more frequently and everybody benefits. Social media tip is about stand-up social media. Now, I'm not a professional stand-up comedian. I do occasionally do stand-up comedy gigs and I even manage to get through one unscathed at the Edinburgh Fringe. I'll also be hosting stand-up comedy evening in October next year at the Professional Speakers Association Convention and Global Speakers Summit. What's that got to do with social media? Well, in one of those analogies that works up to a point I've been thinking about the similarities between social media and stand-up comedy. Firstly, you get an immediate response. When you're on stage, the feedback is quick and emotional. That's a characteristic of social networks too. The buzz that follows a comment or a video appears very quickly. If you're not around to respond, the criticism may become harsh. It's like dealing with a heckler. If you do it well, you win respect. Secondly, you make a direct connection. Comedy hits people smack in the middle of their emotions. So do many comments on social networks, or that's how it appears. That's part of the art of conducting a dialogue, and why comments sometimes become too personal. Thirdly, you know when things are going well or badly. It doesn't take more than a few seconds for a comedian to know how the act is going, I can tell. You don't need a scoring system that tells you whether a 34-point or 33% of the audience is laughing. It makes me wonder about the apparent precise nature of social media analysis. And lastly, you can lose your audience quickly. If you get it wrong on stage or online, the audience disappears very fast. You don't get a second chance. So take care and always use your best material. If you're speaking soon online or in person, you know I can help. Just go to mediacoach.co.uk. That's it for another week. My thanks to Ebony Buckle. This is Alan Stevens, the Media Coach, saying if you have been, thanks for listening.
Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.